Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer and we'll get started this evening. Father, I thank you for your graciousness. I thank you, Lord, that you change our hearts and our lives through your word. And your word, it says that it's a light to our path, a lamp unto our feet. And we thank you that the entrance, the entrance of your word brings light. It brings illumination, bringing wisdom and help. And we thank, thank you tonight that all those things will take place as we look to you and to your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Wow, I could get just so carried away up here with my husband playing the organ. <laughs> wow, it's so awesome, isn't it? And the anointing is pretty strong. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. I love you, baby. Love you, You're Mom. the greatest. <laughs> He's, he is the greatest. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. Yeah, it is really interesting how since the presence of God up here tonight. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm in revival. That's right. It's spreading. Amen. All right. Well, we're going to teach tonight on... Um, prevailing prayer and this will be part two we taught a little bit last week and we'll review for a minute and then we'll go forward so let's start in Ephesians chapter six and what we'll do is kind of follow the same pattern as last week we will uh, teach a little bit and then we're going to turn off the uh, live stream and pray here and I hope that if you're at home watching you uh, can pray also um and just lift up your voice to the Lord. It's good to uh, learn by precept and example, isn't it? Um, I remember when I was learning to drive a car, and uh, my dad was very, it's so weird that he was killed in a car accident because he was, you know, an extremely safe driver and very um, uh, almost strict or something about driving you know it was it wasn't a game for him at all and he always said be a defensive driver and he you know I just remember all these instructions from way back even before I got behind the wheel he was instructing while he was driving and um and so I learned from his teaching me and then I learned from actually driving because it's a different ball game when you actually get behind the wheel and there's the gas pedal, and there's the brake, and there's the, the, the line down the middle of the road and the red light. You know? and, and you can hear about it. You can watch other people do it. But when you start to do it, it's really a whole nother learning curve. And um, in prayer, is the same way. You can hear teaching on prayer. You can watch and hear other people praying. But when you begin to pray, you know, it's a whole nother learning curve, which is really beautiful. I mean, it's a beautiful thing to learn to pray. And I thank God for the people that God put in my life to teach me to pray um, because I didn't know a lot about prayer growing up. I mean, we were in church all the time, but we didn't learn a lot about prayer except for pray over your meal, bless your food. And we did the God is good. God is great prayer for that. And then um, pray before you go to bed 
And we did now I lay me down to sleep prayer. <laughs> if I should die before I wake, you know, that's interesting prayer for a child, but whatever. <laughs> and then, you know, and then uh, we, besides those two things, I don't even know if we did a lot of praying, you know, um, except for help, <laughs> God, if we were in a really bad place. Um, so I was really new when I went to Bible school, uh, learn, you know, not knowing really anything about prayer. And I learned so quickly because thank God for my Bible school, it was a place of prayer and a very high priority placed upon prayer in from the president of our Bible school all the way down. And, um, So I learned that you pray to the father in Jesus name. We didn't, I didn't really know that, you know, Um, by, by the help of the Holy spirit. I didn't really know that. I remember my first experience at prayer school where uh, my roommate, Patsy Caminetti was teaching that day. And I remember her saying today, uh, this is, this is the beginning of school. So she was kind of introducing what all we were doing. She said today, well, you know, this is intercessory prayer. Well, I had no idea <laughs> what that meant. No idea. And she, I don't know if she read my mind. I mean, there was 85 people, so it probably wasn't me that she was referring to. But she said, for those of you who don't know what that is, <laughs> it's prayer for, she just said, it's simply prayer for other people. It's prayer for other people. And I thought, well, I could do that. <laughs> and so I started, you know, she was teaching on it. And I started making a list of everybody I needed to pray for. <laughs> and it was a long list, you know, just sitting there writing down names. I thought I can participate in this. I can do this. And um, so that was my start uh, in prayer. And, and then later on, I got um, to uh, following more the Holy Spirit in prayer so that I didn't have to go down my 100-person list every time. However, I'm not against that. I mean, Paul said, I make mention of you in my prayer. So, you know, even if you mention somebody in prayer, it's good with God. But, you know, there there are times where somebody will come up in your heart and you'll think, wow, I know, you know, I know that's the Spirit of God bidding me to pray for them. And then in that type of situation, sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes you'll find out later why he put them on your heart and that it was very vital, that prayer that you prayed to change a situation that they had. Amen. And um, or that they were circumstance that they were in. So I'll say all that to say, uh, you know, we we've learned a lot, but we certainly don't know everything (laughs) about prayer. But, you know, we've come a long way, baby. Right. Amen. Ephesians chapter six. Let's look at this in verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Now, we understand that word wiles uh, means strategies or deceits. Know that the devil is very deceitful. He's a liar. Somebody said that tonight in our congregation. And also uh, we had a lady who has been out from church because of a health problem, serious health problem. And she said the devil told her while she was out, you'll never see that church again. Now, this is a longtime member of the church. And uh, she was here Sunday. And she said the devil's a liar. Amen. 
But he will tell you things like that because he is a deceiver and a liar. There is no truth in him at all. So know that when he says things like that to you, you're not going to make it. This will never change. You're done now. Oh, he said that to me so many times. And there's been a couple of times where I thought, I think you're right. (laughs) I think I'm done. I'm toast, you know, but it wasn't true. Glory to God. And, and, you know, I, I have looked back over that and thought I shouldn't have ever even let that thought take any kind of uh, priority because he is a liar. So what can we do? Well, when he tells you something like that, just start laughing and say, Oh, the opposite is true. The opposite, because the, the, the lie is whatever this. But the truth is, uh, like our dear sister, she was sitting here in this church again. She didn't see it again. Amen. So praise God. We know that he is strategic in his attacks. He will use things that bother you in your life. He will use past traumas or past sicknesses or past, you know, uh, things that in relationships or whatever to, to mess you up. He watches. The Bible says he walks around as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. So he's, you know, he's not stupid. The devil's not stupid. But thank God. Somebody said years ago he walks around as a roaring lion, but he doesn't have any teeth because Jesus took them all out. (laughs) Amen. He ripped those teeth right out of the devil. He's powerless over us. Amen. So don't believe his lies and his deceits and those strategic attacks. Just know what he, what he's trying to come up with is something that he wants to torment your mind with and uh, cast all your care over on the Lord. We might even read that in a little bit. Praise God. Verse 12, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God. And we talked about this last Wednesday, that you may be able to withstand in that day, the evil day, the day that there's a storm going on in your life, that you will be able to stand, having done all stand, and then stand. I love this. Three standings here. You got to stand, stand, stand. Amen. And that's all right. Praise God. We just stand there knowing that we are armed with basically all of this armor is the basis of it is the word of God. The foundation of all this is the word of God. And then it's uh, verse 17. Uh, we'll read 18. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being led of the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. So uh, praying, you know, Brother Hagin used to say he would pray a lot of times with his eyes open because the Bible said, watch and pray. (laughs) And I think about that when when it says here that you're watching uh, thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. You just... Watch with the spiritual eye. Amen. Many times I think we get caught up in the natural. uh, If somebody doesn't respond like we think they ought to, or if they're, um, if, you know, they look like they're going through trouble or whatever, we're 
uh, jump on it, you know, and think that's what we need to pray about. But actually, we need to be led by the spirit because they might just be fine. They might just be in deep thought about something and not, nothing is wrong with them at all. But we go by the appearance instead of by the spirit of God. And um, somebody who might just look fine is going through horrible things in their life. Amen. And so uh, listen to the spirit of God and watch in the spirit. Be, be that person that watches on the wall. I love I know I've said this before, but. Uh, I love what Brother Lester Summerall said to us one time. He said that he would gather his family together every year and maybe more than once a year, but he would gather him around their table and have them over for dinner, all his family, grandkids, everybody. And he'd said, I just watched them. And if there's any devils attacking any of them, see, he was watching in the spirit. I knew how to take authority over it and I would not let the enemy operate in my family. Amazing. Amen. So, you know, take that and uh, think about it. I don't even know if his family was aware of what he was doing. You know, they don't always have to be aware. Amen. I mean, you can pray for people and they might not ever know it. You might not ever tell them. And I don't think that's a bad idea. Praise God. We can do work and service for God in secret, <laughs> secret people. In, you know, in uh, incognito, I guess, spies, right? For the Lord that uh, helps people without them maybe not even ever realizing what's gone on. Amen. All right. I don't know why I got off on all that, but it's true. It's true. Watching thereunto with all perseverance, supplication for all saints and for me that utterance may be given unto me that I will open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. Hallelujah. And those are all really good things to pray. Now, I don't want to go forever because we're going to pray for five or ten minutes. But let's look at Romans 12. I just had this on my heart tonight to uh, look at for a minute. Romans chapter 12. And um, I think verse 12 says, uh, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer. Uh, The Amplified says, rejoice and exalt in hope, be steadfast and patient in suffering and tribulation. Uh, Those, some of the other uh, translations are so cool in that, you know, says, uh, Anytime you're going through trouble, be patient in trouble. Isn't that something? We're going to have trouble in this life. I love that Pastor David, you know, he's so raw and just just puts it out there just like it is. (laughs) I appreciate his genuineness and authenticity. Amen. From the pulpit, I'm talking about all the time, but even from the pulpit, because he just talks about you're going to have some trouble. You are going to have some trouble. And there is going to be in this life tribulation, which is trouble, affliction. We live in a fallen world and there is a God, little g, of this world, the devil. So he causes this chaos and this, you know, all these evil, evil things. Um, I mentioned Patsy a while ago when she came to preach at our church in early 80s. She said when she got to Panama City, she said, I had the most interesting conversation with a person on the plane. And I said, what? She said, 
Well, he was a Satan worshiper. Wow. I said, you are kidding. <laughs> Patsy, you know, she can get into all kinds of stuff. <laughs> and just sitting on the plane. <laughs> Patsy, only Patsy. But anyway, I said, well, what happened? She goes, well, he told me, he said, our uh, group, I don't know, he had a name for it, uh, is fasting and praying. And she said, what about? And he said, for Christian marriages to fail, especially ministers' marriages. And I thought, I cannot believe that. I mean, you know, you don't even think about that kind of evil. That is so evil, isn't it? Um, But, you know, that's what he said and what she relayed to me. Uh, It is a very real practice, these, these kinds of things. We had a witch in our town, Panama City, that would, he, she drove a hearse and she would drive around our church. You know, we'd see her circling the church. These are weird things, but I'm telling you, it's true. I had a devil worshiper in my high school and he would bring blood and vials to school and drink it. Yeah. Drink blood at school. Part. Yeah. He had a satanic Bible that he carried around with him and, uh, was just, the picture of darkness. I mean, it was just really, really strange, you know. This yeah. is in the 70s, so you can imagine what might go on now. Um, other than that, it was a great high school, <laughs> but I'm just saying it was strange, you know. Um, so what do we do? Where is our battle? Where is our fight? It is in the realm of the Spirit. Amen. And we need to watch and pray. We need to, to know and not be ignorant of the devil's devices. He's very divisive. Um, So here it says, rejoice, exalt in hope, be steadfast, patient in suffering and tribulation, be constant in prayer. In other words, don't ever quit praying. The Bible says, Paul said, pray without ceasing. Now, and, and I don't know why I'm talking so much about Patsy and Brother Hay and whatever tonight, but it's just happening. Um, uh, I remember, um, hearing the story of Kenneth e. Hagen and how he was raised up off this bed, sick bed, he called it, um, when he was a teenager, um, he had three things wrong with him and all of them were terminal, um, right. problems. You know, he was dying in other words. And, uh, so he got a hold of his, um, Methodist Bible yeah. or Baptist Bible and Methodist, no, Methodist. Bible. (laughs) Grandma's Methodist Bible. Bible. (laughs) I love the way he said that because, you know, this Bible was Methodist and Baptist, right? It's even a lot in here with the Roman Catholic, you know. I was soul winning one day and Saturday and I knocked on a a, a family that were, they were Catholic and knocked on their door and I said, you know, about being born again. And I was just witnessing the good news of the gospel. And they said, um, we just don't, we don't really go along with, you know, what you're saying. They, I think they thought I was Baptist right off. I was worse, Pentecostal, you know. But anyway, I, I said, well, do you have a Roman Catholic Bible? And they go, oh, yeah. And I said, well, let me, can I come in and just show you something? I just wanted to show them John 3.16, you know. And uh, then Romans, you know, the Romans road. I didn't know that. And uh, they were shocked to see it in their Bible, in their Bible, you know. 
anyway, so I got getting back to Brother Hagen. He was healed of those three things. And um, I think sometimes we would hear him wrong. You know, uh, you know how you can misunderstand. Uh, he learned the prayer of faith there on his dead, deathbed and prayed the prayer of faith and believed. And he said, then he just thanked God. He never prayed that again. Well, somebody came up to Patsy and said, Brother Hagen never prayed again after he, he prayed that prayer. And Patsy went to Brother Hagen and she said, I just want to make sure I know, I know what we're saying here. You, did you ever pray after you prayed that prayer? And he goes, I prayed all the time. Amen. I prayed all the time. You, you know, there's, there's, there's this conversation with God, which is prayer. Amen. And, and you always keep in contact with God. Pray without ceasing. In other words, you're always talking to God and praying and listening when you're working, when you're at home doing dishes, when you're wherever driving, you, you, whatever. You can have an awareness and a, a conversation with the Lord all the time, anytime. Now, what he has said was the prayer of faith is you pray it, you believe you receive it. It's done right then. Yes. And then you thank God. So that was the, the compartment of his healing, which was the prayer of faith. But that didn't mean he didn't speak to God anymore. <laughs> you know, like, that's it. That's all I need forever. And no, he said, I prayed all the time. They're, they're crazy if they think, if they heard me say I never prayed again. Amen. So we need to know that there's different kinds of prayer. And um, the prayer of faith, of course, you pray it, you believe you receive it. You got it right then, no matter what the circumstance or situation or what your physical body tells you or your finances tell you or whatever. You thank God. It has changed. Amen. Amen. All right. So it says continuing instant in prayer. In other words, always praying, always keeping that prayer life alive with the Lord. And, um, you know, there's two things I believe that are so powerful. There's lots of things, but two pretty powerful things in our Christian walk that people maybe don't understand the power of them. And one is praying and the other is giving. Those two things are so powerful. And most, you know, not most, a lot of Christians they don't want to hear too much about either one of those things, you know, because it is something outside yourself. You know, it's not selfish at all when you're giving and when you're praying. It's a pretty unselfish act, which makes it a beautiful thing. But it's not always fun. And I think as Americans, we want to have fun, right? And there's nothing wrong with fun. Um, but some things are a sacrifice of ourselves and Romans chapter 12 starts out uh, about our, a living sacrifice unto the Lord. And so uh, giving and praying are so powerful that I think if we knew that we would learn more and act more in those two areas of our life. Um, I was reading just a secular article this morning about giving and it says the act of giving reduces your blood pressure and relieves stress. Isn't that something? So the world knows a little bit about it, too, uh, about how wonderful it is to give. 
Um, I was at uh, my exercise class this morning, and we have a lot of equipment there. And today was kind of a heavy equipment day. We had a lot of different items that we had to lift and do and rowing machine, everything. And um, so I put all my stuff up after the class. That's what we were responsible to do. But I noticed my friend didn't have all her stuff up. And I heard the Lord say, put her stuff up. And I thought, I'm tired. <laughs> I mean, these are not easy classes. As David, I'll come home sometime. I can barely walk. And, um, and so I heard the Lord say again, put up her equipment. <laughs> so I thought, okay, here I go limping over <laughs> to put her rowing machine away and uh, her, you know, whatever. But, um, I, you know, then she, she came up and she said, thank you so much, you know, for that. And I thought, don't get used to it. <laughs> But I'm not awful. I'm just telling you. <laughs> but, um, but you know, I think we need to act on those things. You know, when the Spirit of God tells us yes. to do things, there is a reason Amen. for for those kinds of acts of love or giving. You know, it's not always financial giving is what I'm saying. But praying is the same way. And I have learned that if you get in the flow of praying and giving, you really start liking it. You, know, you you like it more and more. And then it becomes such a way of life that you don't ever really want to do without it. You think this is really nice. You know, it's really healthy and wonderful for, for us and for others. So I encourage you to be a person of prayer. Amen. Be a person of prayer. So what we're going to do now is we're going to turn off the live stream. God bless you. And ho hopefully you'll spend a couple of minutes in prayer right now. And then, um, those of us that are here, we're going to spend like five minutes.